What's up, everybody? Welcome to Cinematic Tangent. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Michael Van Olsen, and as usual, and as always and forever, folks, Bradley Redder's here. Hi, that's me. Hey, uh, Brad, we made it back. Uh, this is our third official episode, but the second night we've recorded somehow. Uh, Brad, this is true. The show got, I'm not, I'm not Brad, and this is true, got three figures worth of downloads. So in the hundreds, Brad, somehow we have more than two listeners. Not really sure how that happened, but thank you all very much. So, oh, I mean, that's three rad. figures of downloads. That's not listens. Yeah, yeah that's true. No. The way you're saying those people didn't all listen twice. I listened to it like 10 times. So, well, there we go. Pad the numbers a little bit. Yeah, pad them up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Cinematic Tangent. Brad, um, today we're going to be talking um, some movies. Uh, we're going to be talking Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, a uh, film by the Daniels, who, uh, if you want to go to the cinematictangent.com, you can read my written review of their last piece of shit film, uh, <laughs> Aren't Swiss, <laughs> Swiss Army Man. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're also going to be talking uh, Robert Eggers, uh, The Northman. Uh, Brad, I believe The Witch in the past Cinematic Tangent. That was like one of our biggest for- like contentious shows was discussing yeah. The Witch. So yeah. I'm curious to see how you feel about this one. Um, and I already know how, Brad, you don't like it, but I, we'll, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it should be an interesting show because we're talking two movies that uh, we both loved one of them and we both really didn't like one of them. It's, it is sort of fascinating, yeah. And, like, you know, I, look, again, like, I, I wanna, I'm going to say I'm going to try to approach the, uh, approach the disagreement here in good faith. One thing that I want this show to be about, and I think we did an okay jo- job of it in our last run. But, like, I don't want to have, like, zingers or, like, tweetable comments. I'd rather have, like, an actual discussion about the substance of a movie. That said, it should be interesting to talk about uh, the Daniels because I don't have much good to say about their films. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I, I agreed with your take on Swiss Army Man. It's actually I actually re-listened to the show that we did on it, like, five or oh, six years ago. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, yeah, we both hated it. And I even rewatched it. Uh, a week or two ago, and I still God, didn't like it. <laughs> why? why would you do that to yourself? Because I loved dude. everything everywhere. As you get and... older, aren't you aware of your mortality? Do you really want to send, spend it watching Swiss Army Man? Go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually. Like, I, it, I would rather I, watch Battleship Potemkin than I fucking wouldn't. Swiss Army <laughs> Fuck Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> and fuck anyone who says they like it. It's a boring piece of shit. I understand its influence, but uh, I'm never watching it again. <laughs> Who likes it other than the historical significance? Uh, no nobody. It's a good movie, right? Nobody yeah, actually likes it, but there are, you know, you know, cinephiles who feel like they have to say they like it because it's an important piece of cinema. And uh, fuck those people. Uh, that movie's boring as is shit. Is that true? Okay, okay. But so is Birth of a Nation. Are you saying they're out there like, I love the KKK movie? I don't think so, right? <laughs> you just watch it for the historical accuracy. That's the historical significance. But anyway. I digress. <laughs> anyway, I know what you love, Birth of a Nation. <laughs> uh, anyway, Brad, uh, let's start off today by like talking some films. Uh, we've been because like I'm watching more movies than ever. Brad, I watched Forrest Gump oh recently. Um, I watched a couple different horror films. I watched The Evil Dead, Sam Raimi's original Evil Dead. I watched Night of the Living Dead. Um, Brad, what have you been watching? I'm curious. Uh, I recently uh, another topic that we've visited on the show. I recently rewatched. Um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the extended ones with my wife. She had never seen the extended ones. And, uh, yeah, uh, I still think the, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm upgrading the fellowship to like a borderline masterpiece. Whoa. Um, are you serious? Yeah. I yeah, agree yeah. with you. 
So, I, I, wow, that's it's awesome. a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. It's incredibly well made. And, you know, I, I think watching the extended ones. And so we watched them um, over two. We watched them each over two nights, like watched one disc one night and the next disc the other. And uh, sort of watching them like that, it, it kind of revealed what I don't what I think I don't like about the second and the third, which is that they're so they're kind of episodic. They're almost ahead of their time in the sense that like now that would be a mini series or like a 10 episode Netflix series. Yeah. Whereas like at the time, you know, because they go, Jesus, they go like 15 minutes in between like character segments and like the, the, the sort of destroying the ring plot and the, you know, whatever writers of Rohan Helms deep, like all that, you know, those are like two, almost completely different stories that I understand are connected in some way, but like they don't feel that way. Like the momentum of each of those stories is totally different. And so like cutting between them almost makes no sense. And just watching it, it's kind of like you go like you get like 10 minutes of Frodo and Sam and then 15 minutes of Aragorn and then like eight minutes of, you know, Merry and Pippin in the ends. And it's just kind of like, it kind of just goes like that and it rips it off in chunks And it just never really builds any kind of like interesting momentum, like narrative wise. And so it's just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Like the the second and the third, they just get progressively more boring to me, especially as they like heap on these. I kind of agree with him. Return of the King. Actually, I feel like the movie overstays its welcome. And to be honest with you, it's a little disconnected. So um, I I can kind of get that. I like, you know, as someone that really loves the Lord of the Rings a lot. Um, I, it, it's, it's not, as I get older, it becomes unreasonable to think that like they're perfect movies, but the fellowship mm-hmm. I think is a 10 out of 10. Well, it's weird amazing. because like, I think so. the filmmaking is really good, you know, even yeah, like the special them. effects. I agree with you. Yeah. The special effects yeah. are a little dated, which is fine. And it's actually, you know, watching it 20 years later, it's almost, it's almost like totally forgivable at this point. We're like, you know, I think of watching it like 10, 15 years ago. You know, I was a little bit more critical of it, but like watching it now, I was just like, eh, that's fine. And like, you know, we just sort of like took an edible and watched them and uh, sort of casually watching it. It was it was kind of entertaining. Again, it's very episodic and, you know, being less critical. I I generally enjoyed them. But like, you know, if I'm if I'm actually judging them as, you know, works of art or pieces of cinema, uh, the second and third just get progressively worse. And the Denethor shit is still maybe one of the worst subplots <laughs> in all of cinema or storytelling in any we medium. <laughs> that is the like worst the fucking character. <laughs> and it sucks because you could have just, you could have cut that out and just made it like the steward of Gondor won't give up his seat to Aragorn. Like it didn't need to be this whole thing with Faramir and not accepting him as like a, a good heir or like inferior to Boromir. Like that, that whole thing is so bad. And that character is such a cartoon. It's so bad. Okay, I mean, like it's 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 hard for me to, especially now that I've reread the books over. I think I forgot when I reread it a couple of years now. At this point, it's it's really hard for me to disagree with you. Like I, mm-hmm. I think that the movie adds almost a lot of like subplots that that just don't need to be there. That the that the book brushes past. Mm-hmm. One of them is Denethor in the book. They're just like, hey, he's a no, you know, he's a guy. <laughs> and he's like, Gondor, and it just brushes yeah, past yeah. him like it kind of should. So <laughs> Yeah, they try to make him like this weird Shakespearean king and he's just he's so boring and just oh god, it's painful to watch really. Yeah, um, I, I kind of have to agree with that. Um that's very interesting cuz like I, I guess like we both kind of grown in our feelings on the movie. 
Because if yeah. you go back and you listen to the show, like I just praised it too much. And like happy, I mean, I watch them every year or two. I, I love them. Don't get me wrong. I love the, the whole trilogy. But like it, they're they're imperfect movies. So yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, it's interesting. Like watching it this time, I realize how much more. Um, like they're very much genre films. Like Peter Jackson comes from like horror fantasy and like, these are very much like in that vein, just on a larger scale. And it was kind of fascinating to me to like that. He got these made in that way. Cause, and, and also that they were super popular. Like I, it, it, it was fascinating to me. Frighteners money, bro. He had all that frighteners cash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Frighteners, by the way. <laughs> me but, too, uh, me too, yeah. <laughs> but, like, watching it, it was it was weird to me, and it kind of always has been, but, like, watching it this time again, it was just, like, ever more present that this was super popular among, like, every demographic. Like, it's it's weird that, like, the high school football team loved this movie and the nerds and cinephiles and, like, casual filmgoers. Like, I, it, yeah. it was bizarre. Anyway. Interesting stuff, and it is kind of interesting that we we have sort of migrated toward the middle on this, where you used to, like, praise these to death, and I used to bitch about them to no end. And yeah. now it's you like, know, eh. as I get older, the more I the more I've like and I'm telling you right now, I, I said this 100 times on the show. But if you haven't read Sid Field's book screenplay, you should read it. And you should also read his book for screenplays. Um, and like he breaks down sort of like the narrative structure in, in movies in such a great way. Um, that, like, I keep it in my mind when I watch movies now. And I, I think that, like, if you go back and you watch the original Star Wars, say, it's mm-hmm. a perfect fucking flawless three-act structure. And all mm-hmm. the sequences have their own little three acts, and the movie feels real tight like a drum. It's hard for me to say that about The Lord of the Rings. And I think that what drew me into it so much is the themes, which I think are really rich and amazing. And, and the fil- the filmmaking. Like, it's incredible yeah. to watch a movie with old sets. Really, I'm sorry, really large sets. Miniatures, yeah, and then like and then <laughs> a funny. sparing kind of sparing kind of use of CGI, you know. So, I mean, like, it, it, there's a ton of CGI, but like, I think they they it's it's a last resort, and yeah. like they like again, like I've watched a lot of the making of stuff, uh, and <clears throat> like the use of miniatures in that movie is in all three of those movies is fucking incredible. Yeah, um, I mean, if you if you want to know how sparing the use of CGI is in Lord of the Rings, go watch The Hobbit. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't go watch The Hobbit. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess, like, yeah, so I've been watching some movies too, Brad. But, like, another, the, I guess I mentioned Forrest Gump. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I, as, I watched it literally last night, and I still think the movie is incredible. Um, I think that people read a little too much into it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's such a beautiful kind of like modern fairy tale. Uh, I think every scene works, uh, but not as part of a, like a much larger narrative. But I think that each scene works because like Robert Zemeckis is so good at just capturing movie magic in every scene mm-hmm. where there's always something like there's always a dramatic focal point, every point of it. I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed it. Um, and there is something kind of interesting that that I do take away from it, this idea that this person who's, you know, mentally less capable than everyone else is essentially exploited by society. And it is sort of hyper romantic that he comes out on the other side of it is like this hyper, like very successful person. But I don't think that it's a film that I can analyze rationally in that way. I think that if you're trying to take the film literally, like you've already kind of failed. Um, Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know, man. I I really liked it in the same way. I kind of, this is an odd, odd point to make. I kind of like it in the same way. I like Tim Burton's big fish where the movie is really imperfect um, and I don't necessarily think that the story works so well, but every scene makes me feel like I'm being pulled into the movie. Uh, it's just very, it's very effective in that way. So I, I still I, thought film <clears throat> was incredible. 
I haven't seen Big Fish in uh, 19 years uh, since it came out in theaters. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't remember liking that movie very much. But um, as far as movie. Forrest Gump yeah. goes, like I, I think it's the ultimate like cable movie. That's the the ultimate TNT Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, whatever, where like you can just come in at any point and and watch it. I like because I think scene by scene it's great, but like it as is. a whole, it it's just nonsense. It is, but and, it like, does I, have, I think it it's just connected by like a. Though. It's got a, like a great soundtrack. It's got one of those, you know, it's just like all those '60s, '70s, you know, hits like classic hits that we all love or whatever. But like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just think the the character is so basic, and it's kind of like a tabula rasa, and. I, I don't know. It just that movie just does not work for me as an adult. Like I loved it when I was a kid, but I don't know. Like, Watching it start like to finish kid, now, uh, I just I can't get into it. And I just think it's fucking stupid. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, like it is kind of silly. It but is it's, sort of it's funny very that, well made. It is extremely well made. Like is, Zemeckis I, is a, a genius. He is. I the only yeah. There's only like one or two movies he's made that I don't like. And like you know he's he's always produces a really quality film. He has a real sense of uh, visual design and like visual storytelling. Like, uh, but I think has, I think Forrest Gump succeeds because it has really good character moments. There are certain scenes in the movie that I think are just fucking stellar. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the ones Definitely. is where Lieutenant Dan and like Forrest are hooking up with those two girls in a hotel room, and one of mm-hmm. them gets mad because Forrest won't grab her breasts, and she's like, "What are you fucking stupid?" And Lieutenant Dan flips out, flips out. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, and it was this moment where you sort of realize a little bit about their bond. Um, I don't know. It, it's very effective in the moment, but at the end of the movie, if I'm sitting back, do I think either Forrest or Lieutenant Dan are extraordinarily well-developed characters? No, I don't. But in the moment when I'm watching the weird. film, they're very effective. It is weird. I know. That's weird. But like, that's, it's part of its movie magic, I think. Um, I, I do, I do think there's to... a... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I, do, know, I do think there's like a, a lot of movie magic there, and I think that's it's kind of what it like sort of skates by on, because, yeah, again, it's, it's a great performance. Like It's, it's a very unique character. And, you know, it just it's a takes you it's sort of like a tour of history, you know, of of modern American history uh, through the eyes of a unique character. And so, like, that's interesting, you know, and it's got Jesus Christ, Tom Hanks, like the star of stars, you know, in the mid 90s. Um, So, like, all that kind of works. And again, Zemeckis is fucking brilliant. So it's all presented very well. But I think, you know, it's weird because that screenplay is is like highly praised and i think it, it just really? kind of sucks yeah <laughs> the screen the screenplay falls back too much on like pop, pop culture references or yeah like yeah references even even Je- jenny's my favorite character in the movie i think she's the most well-developed character in the film um but the ending when she like dies of aids and she's like oh i have a virus and like doctors don't know what it is i'm like this is so ham-fisted and fucking silly because <laughs> like now it's the 80s bro we're out of nam we're in the early 80s now it's the AIDS crisis. Like, do we come on? Like, you know, the girl has this abusive dad who rapes her and shit, and like, you know, has a big drug problem, and now, you know, now she's got AIDS. It just set. It just, it just felt like really like kind of canned. And, and honestly, like, it was almost like a dare. It was like a fucking dare movie to ever to ever like culminate like that. <laughs> it was just really strange. But <laughs> but I do love her as a character. Uh, I can't remember the actress's name. She's fucking amazing. Jennifer Jason Leigh. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, Robin Wright Penn. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the best screenplay. Get out of here. No way. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it won that, and people love that because it didn't. That, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but didn't he write Curious Case of Benjamin Button, 
which has yeah, the same exact problems. It's, it's literally, you mean the identical movie? Yeah, the yeah. same fucking movie. Yeah. It's just a guy who ages backwards instead of the guy who has, you know, <laughs> mental disability. Instead of a guy on a bench eating chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, the one, I do want to do a personal anecdote real quick before it's gone. My dad. He used to listen to right-wing radio when he was when we were younger. He's much less right-wing now. But um, he got on the radio show because the one day the, the commentator was talking about how great Forrest Gump was, and he wanted to know why liberals don't like the movie, which is a ridiculous premise. Liberals love the movie, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Like, liberals love Forrest Gump. I love the Hollywood Forrest elite Gump. loves leftist. it. <laughs> the Hollywood elite fucking sucks its tit. Yeah, So, but he got on there, and he was, like, talking about the whole – the elements in there of what the well, like the abortion stuff was the reason that liberals didn't like it because like they called Jenny a what? baby killer and stuff. It's honestly one of the stupidest takes I've ever heard of. And I remember being like eight years old at the time, being like, "That's a dumb take, Dad." <laughs> and like, I just want to, if Dad, if you're listening, that take is still really stupid, sir. You should backtrack that. I'm sure, I'm sure you would. <laughs> Dutch, get that revoked from the record. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so my dad got on national radio uh, with a bad Forrest Gump take when we were children. (laughs) All right, Brad, moving on from how Dr. Fauci got Jenny killed. Let's talk talk everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, The new film by the Daniels, Brad. um, uh, I I don't, I don't want to just shit at a movie that you liked, um, but I'll just start us off because I have less to say about this, if you don't mind. Sure. All right. So um, I want to say that I went into this movie with very good faith, even though I did not like Swiss Army farts. Uh, I'm sorry, the actual name of the movie is Swiss Army Man, who cares? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I did go into this with good faith, uh, and it was like completely sober, went to see it by myself, uh, and honestly, I was blown away by the first 15, 20 minutes. I thought the the setup was fucking great. Uh, It opens up with some really cool shots right away. Um, where, like, there's, like, a shot that isn't clear if it's coming through, like, a window or a mirror, uh, and it's this Asian family, and they own this this laundromat, and the, the daughter is trying to introduce her girlfriend to her family uh, and reveal to them that, like, she's a lesbian, and her parents are trying to hide her from her grandfather, and it's really funny. And, and, like, none of it comes off as, like, woke or preachy. It's just really, really entertaining. And honestly, like, I thought the setup was fantastic. Here's these people that are working way too hard, and they're trying their best to live the American dream. And then they go to the IRS, and they owe a bunch of back taxes, and the IRS is fucking them. And I was like, oh, my God, here's a cool setup. It lends itself well to themes about sort of like the fallacious nature of the American dream, how hard these immigrant cultures uh, come to this country you know, for a better life, escaping totalitarianism and fascism, only to deal with it here in a more organized form. But no, the movie really doesn't end up being about any of that. Instead, after that, there's like a scene where they go in an elevator – and then all of a sudden we're jumping dimensions, and then I'm getting nothing but ex- exhibition, and then the exhibition lends itself to insanity. Because as we traverse this multiverse, the movie gets more and more manic, and then random stuff starts happening to the point where I didn't know how to follow it. And then it takes pauses to explain to me why the action is happening, and then goes right back to it. And then the movie ends. <laughs> the next thing I know, like <laughs> the next thing I know, the laundromat is having a party. And for the neighborhood, which I guess is something you do. And then the IRS lady, who's the nemesis of the film and, the you know, this evil person, she just comes and, like, forgives their tax debt. And that's the end of the movie. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It took me on a journey for sure. But, like, the idea that there's anything in that hour and a half that's substantive 
or that has any kind of the themes that I feel like the setup was lending itself to. Honestly, I think I think it's fucking crazy. I didn't take anything away from it other than the fact that Daniels are great at crafting really cool images, and they are. Mm. They're fucking yeah, great at it. That's why they're music video directors. So that's it. Uh, I have nothing <clears> else to say about the movie. It, it had some cool crafty ass shots including especially <laughs> the beginning and that's it the rest of it i thought was really kind of fucking stupid um so i don't so all right i i also thought swiss army man was fucking stupid um and and when i um when i saw that this was a daniels movie i actually didn't know what that meant because i forgot that that's who directed swiss army man so like i went into this having no idea that they made that previous stupid ass movie <laughs> which is probably a good thing because i went into it with a completely open mind and uh i i loved it i loved every second of it um and i think your uh your expectation that it was going to be about like the american dream or capitalism um i that's i don't that's not at all what it was about for me i mean i think there are like uh sort of themes under the, sur- under the surface of that but like uh it, it, to me, it's like a family drama. It, it, it was like a, a mother-daughter story where, you know, you say uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, the IRS person, is which, the which nemesis the way, of the plot movie. Plot point one. Plot point one is we can't pay our taxes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's why I'm associating it more with, like, something to do with bureaucracy. It isn't, it isn't just, like, a family drama, you know? So... I mean, like, I, I think that's, like, the, the, the genesis of you know what's going on but like actually no i don't like i the i think plot point one is when uh she tries to introduce her her daughter's girlfriend to the grandfather and she says it's her very good friend instead of saying girlfriend okay i don't even i'm not like i'm not trying to do a bit i don't even remember how that like culminates or what happens with that um i i just feel like the movie completely abandoned anything that had to do with that and and this is what's sort of strange it's like i can come up with themes that i think this movie is about such as about mm-hmm. like if you want to take it as a family drama here's this family that's like especially that the guy in the family like you know both of the couple they're not really happy with their lives they're working too At hard all. right yeah. and then the movie could have these kind of themes of like hey in these alternate universes there's this limitless possibility you're well, living that, that, some other kind of imagination. You know? Yeah, that's the whole idea is that they're very they're they're all extremely unhappy and they're getting a divorce and uh uh the mother you know, she has this idea of like she just keeps thinking of like all these other things that she could have done if she hadn't married this guy. And so like, you know, she part of the IRS, you know, dilemma is that she has p- charged all of these random things to the company, like a karaoke yeah. machine, because she, she wanted to be a singer. And so like one of the, the sort of multiverse identities that she has is this, this famous actress, this person who can sing, you know? And so like that, that's kind of the idea of it. Like, I don't think the multiverse actually exists. It's all kind of in her head. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's her a Walter, way of it's a Walter Mitty esque kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I think, you know, it, it, I, that's the setup to me is like, I, I didn't, I didn't see it as like this, this thing that was going to be about capitalism and the American dream for these immigrant families. Uh, I saw it as like this mother daughter relationship and this sort of like intimate family drama that just expands into this really wild, chaotic, sort of visually fascinating movie. Okay, so that's fa- that's actually really fair, but I, I guess like my the one of the reasons why, and again, I think this movie's about nothing. I want to be very very clear about that. 
But like, I, I, honestly, like the idea that it has anything to say seems crazy to me. But but I mean, uh, I don't know if it has something to say. Like, I, I, I don't know yeah. if that's if that's what it, what it is necessarily. But like, I, I think it's very much like a very intimate drama, like as as bizarre as it is. Uh, I think it's actually a very intimate family drama. I, I think there's an element of that. But like, I it seems unavoidable to me that it was setting itself up for a larger commentary on, like, the problems of Western culture, where, like, this woman isn't all this tax burden, not only because she's unhappy with her marriage, and, like, there is this family drama element, which I agree with you, all of that is there. And I want to be clear, I think this is the best part of the movie, this setup that we're talking about is the best part of this film. But she spends all this money on bullshit because she's unhappy, like the rest of us do. Our houses and our apartments and shit are full of crap. So, Mm -hmm. like, she just fell into the same kind of trappings that all of us do, and she, like, to some extent, that is the American dream, and she's being punished for it. But then, of course, like, I, mean, I, I just feel all of that's abandoned unless it's left unexamined anyway. But that's how I felt. That's what I felt the setup was leading to. So, I mean, but it wasn't. <laughs> right. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't because, like, I honest to God don't know what happened in the next hour and a half. Like, it, the idea that there's more substance here than, like, your traditional Marvel film or anything else is crazy to me. Like, this felt like this most, like, pretentious piece of corporate art. Um, where it's just like a large manic scene after another. It was like scrolling through fucking TikTok. It made me feel like I was going insane, and I felt like I was autistic and 150 years old watching this movie. I just don't even know what happened in it, let alone I mean, what what if it had anything like like tangible to like reveal to me. I just did, I just felt nothing. I felt nothing. I so, thought it was such a great display of like filmmaking. It, like it. it <clears throat> To me, this is like kind of what movies are like. This is like the sort of potential that they have where they you can have all these like disparate sort of scenes and sequences and things that like all culminate to they're all telling the same story. So like, you know, in this movie, like the, you know, the sort of multiverse aspect, there's like a Kung Fu element where, you know, this mother can channel this other, this other realm where she's, uh, you know, a, a martial arts expert. And they and... fight the dildos. <laughs> Dildo fights. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's like one minute of the movie. <laughs> no, no, it's not. That's a long, I mean, you just saw it more recently. No, I felt like that scene it, was it's like about a minute of the movie. forever. <laughs> I, it, like, literally, so I was reading reviews of, of the movie before I watched it again, you know, before I watched it the second time. And somebody said, like, somebody mentioned that, like, the butt plugs are, like, effort, you know, they're all over the place. And so I was, like, kind of yeah, looking for it. Yeah, that's how you transport to other dimensions or something, something. It's, it's literally about a minute of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's that's part of it is like so like to channel these other sort of selves in the multiverse, they have to do something kind of random and strange, like drink a whole two liter of orange soda or, you know, get paper cuts on all their fingers or something like it sounds it sounds stupider than it is. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. It's as stupid as you think it is. I really is like I honestly I don't know how they tricked you all into thinking this movie has something to say or like that it's interesting when it's not. It's just, it's like, again, I don't, I don't know if it has around. something to say, but I understand that. But then what's the point of everything that I'm seeing on screen? It's not funny or entertaining. The butt plug joke is literally as good as just explaining it to me. The fighting with dildos, the same and the same with the paper cut stuff. And, and like every scene in this movie is just another thing like this that adds up to this pile of randomness. And I, I just, see. I don't think I it's random it, at like, all. Disengaging and strange. There's nothing. I, I think I, into it. I think if you were watching this movie in the background, it seems like a bunch of random shit. But if you're actually paying attention, I think that all of these random things, like I think the beauty of the movie is that all these random things are coalescing into this one. They're like all funneling to this one 
this one story of this mother and daughter who are like completely disconnected and desperate to, you know, understand each other or, or to be understood anyway. How um, in the hell does it advance the story? Like, I, honestly, like, that's I the story. What like do you mean? I'm a fucking funny farm. <laughs> like it's not, but like all of the randomness happens and then there's exposition moment where the husband from the multiverse stops for a minute and explains why stuff is happening and then I because, nod, and then it yeah, moves that, on that's back that's in to the, the very story. beginning because people have to understand what is happening and like how how any of this actually makes sense. Which you seem to be one of the only people who don't understand how it makes sense. I, I can, there's no way I can be one of those people. I think there's a 30 minute short film here with an hour and a half of randomness from the internet. It just felt like it felt like a social media feed. Like it just, like I mean, it, that's it, fair. It feels, it feels very, it feels like, and I don't want it. Like it's one of those things where, like, I don't want to have like a tweetable comment. But like, honestly, the movie <laughs> felt like it was scrolling through TikTok, and like it was just that kind of like disconnected mania. And the only larger conduit of it is the fact that someone is viewing it. I, I think lens. it's again. I think all. I think all of those very, man, and I agree, it's very manic seeming. But I think all of those things are funneling to the same story. Like it, it is telling all those different things are telling the same exact story. The butt plug to transfer the universes. What the fuck is it? I mean, I just don't understand. I, I mean, I just feel. I feel like I feel like a grandpa watching this, and I get it. Like I understand I'm in the minority in this. But, like, I, I mean, I'm also the minority on the Marvel films. And, like, I just don't see how this movie is any smarter or any better than those films. The, its value is that it has some interesting moments in terms of, like, its filmography. And there is some sort of element of themes that you could probably derive from it if you wanted to. But, like, it's not any more intelligent than those movies. It's just it's just a piece of corporate art, the message of which I, I don't think I it's corporate it, art at all. I, I absolutely. I mean, like you know, there are two music video directors. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're not talented, but it felt very corporate art to me because if if there is a takeaway from this, the way the movie made me feel um, is that it. I didn't feel like there was limitless possibilities out there for me. I felt like it, it was almost like a glorified motivational poster. But there aren't. I think that's the. I think that in the end, that's the point. Is that there aren't. This like one of my favorite. One of my favorite line in the movie is. There's sort of like uh, one of the one of the sort of multiverse identities of the mother is she's this actress and it's sort of like a Wong Kar Wai style um, like noirish romance story where her husband is this this sort of like lover of hers or past lover potential like never actually connected and uh, they have this this moment in the rain where they're talking and. And she says, like, ah, oh, it could never have been, like, it's just boring. And, and he says, uh, you know, in another life, I would have loved doing laundry and taxes with you. And, like, I yeah. think that's right. one of those things that the movie is, like, all about. Or, like, then she kind of understands how this guy is actually, like, on her side and this sort of, like, soulmate of hers. And, you know, again, because, like, I think that all of that, like, the multiverse stuff is not actually real. It's all sort of in her head, and it's her way of coping with her unhappiness with her life and her family. And so, like, that's where she sort of understands that her husband is not just this boring-ass stupid guy, uh, that he's actually, like, this kind of, you know, great sort, sort of, of partner of hers. You're inher inherently finding meaning in themes in the movie. Like, you, no, like, that's that's the movie, dude. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not just like no, boring no, like, for meaning. Like that's that's what it is. That's what that scene is. 
like is yeah, that, that that is... scene comes that scene comes in in the midst of that's intercut with that sort of laundromat party that they have and it it's is. after it's after he's talking with the irs lady and she comes by and says like okay you know you guys can come in next week and try again or i can't remember exactly what she says but yeah no she does something then like then yeah so then the mother asks like what did you say to her and he just says i just talked to her and again it's like one of those things where it's all these people who are desperate for connection they're all they're all just sort of like flailing and then he it just, just says yeah i just talked to her our journey to that moment it does like, though it absolutely there's does no way there's no way because like for me the setup is good and then I understand the conclusion. I'm not saying that I, like it's bad. And I, actually, I thought that noir stuff would look really cool. Like the yeah, it's great. It is like there's a lot of it's a really cool, compelling visual element. And I understand that scene. Like I'm not, I'm not like that kind of aspect of that's the film story isn't lost in me. Especially because when it switches acts, the movie literally fucking tells you with the cue card, which is just just the most obnoxious thing I've ever. No, seen. dude. Yes, it, it act, literally act pops two. Up. I understand the, that it does. Act yeah. two comes like two hours into the movie. That's yeah, it's kind of true. But the also, like, I don't know what the plot does. points are. Like, so, <laughs> so okay. Like, when, when Act Two popped up, I mean, at that point in time, like, I was just like, "Is the movie over?" <laughs> but I, I mean, I, it sounds I like it sounds like you wanted the setup to be that this was going to be about this immigrant family and their their American dream story, and then it wasn't that, and then no, you no, no, were no, mad no. about that's that. That's not what I wanted. That's not like that's I thought not, this movie was like decision. I've seen it twice now, and it's like it's very clearly a family drama to me, and it's one that actually makes a ton of sense. Like okay, there is no way that I'm going to accept that this has a cogent story. Like I agree with you that the setup, like I understand the way that you're taking it and stuff, and like that moment where like you know they had that kind of like element in her, in her fantasy. Which I agree is a good way to interpret it. I really, you know, I kind of like thought of that to some degree as well, except that the fantasy is so stupid and so insane that it honestly like is more crazy than stretch Armstrong battle in Walter Mitty. Like it just, it just goes off the rails and seems like it's making every effort it can to be as goofy as possible. And in doing so, none of it is memorable because none of it really is uh, that creative. Dude, it's about one upping its own silliness from scene to scene. I just, no, I there, just... there's uh, there's so much beauty in that movie. Like it's so strange and sad and and funny and weird. But this like, is how people talk about Swiss Army Man. Oh, men can't express themselves in the culture. Like they're. I don't you know, know like, how people talk people, about that movie. I understand. I mean, like I do only because I've read the reviews, and it's the same so thing with this. Where okay, but like you understand that people also take a like compelling story and like a narrative thematic element away from Swiss Army Man. I felt the exact. I like, do, but I don't. I... I don't. I don't. I don't know, you know? what they. So like, I I've read the review. So like, yeah. I loved this movie enough that I I purchased the Blu-ray of Swiss Army Man so that I could watch it again. <laughs> Why would you, but you don't even like that movie. I know. I did. Yeah. So, but it's one of those. Like, you I didn't are like the blowing your money. And you're gonna get a fucking tax scandal with the IRS. And you're yeah. going to have to have a block party and give them cake or whatever the fuck. I'm not really sure what they did. They have cake there? Anyway, moving on. No. But anyway, uh, I you know I liked the movie enough that I, I bought that movie that I thought was the easily the dumbest movie of the year. My favorite thing <laughs> that's ever been said on the show is when you call that movie a prank. Yes, and I think that uh, this one kind of is too, to be honest. No, I, I do not think uh, it at all. And so yeah. like I, I, wanted, I wanted to go back and revisit that and see if maybe I just didn't get it. Uh, you know, because like there were people at the time who said it was one of the best movies of the year and you know on a second viewing it's incredible and 
uh, I, I watched it again, and uh, it's not incredible. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But like, that's but how like, I feel about this. And maybe it's unfair because maybe I knew it was the same directors, so maybe yeah. it's impossible for me to separate them in my mind. But also, like, I mean, really, dude, really, you think this has like a like? You don't think that hour and a half in there is just a fucking blur? You really think that like there's elements of that that lead to this larger story that ends up being yeah. something very I, very simple? I I, just I, I think the the yeah. whole thing. It, I, it's my the reason I like it is that it, it's all of these insane like crazy different sort of parallel stories that are all telling the same thing. They're all telling a story of this mother and daughter and you know husband. Uh, trying to reconnect and understand each other. And I think it's strange and beautiful. And I, I don't know. It's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. And yeah, I mean, see, I would love that, though, because like I'm such a themes guy. If I felt like that takeaway was there under the surface, to be fine. Maybe it comes down to the fact that I thought, like, stylistically, other, other than the fact, again, want to compliment the Daniels, fucking great shots, dude. You have great, there's some great visuals in this movie. But like, I honestly like, I took nothing away from it. I found absolutely none of, I found nothing of it, like none of it compelling. And like, you could, you could literally take a razor and cut out the middle hour and then paste the rest of the film together. It would make as much fucking sense as it does now. No, like, just, it wouldn't. Like, there's, there's no. I mean, like you describing the closing to me and me being like, oh yeah, you're right. Versus my setup, that's a film. The rest of it, like, no. you could literally leave that whole middle section out. It's nope, shit. you couldn't. It's you shit. definitely could not. It's it's all like hurtling towards this this sort of moment between the mother and daughter, where they come to a point of understanding. And what's the paper cuts and the the butt stuff and the dildos? That, what is okay? I, I don't. It's I, I don't know. Like it, it, it's entertaining. Like I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like okay, but like yeah. again, you're you're pointing out like the paper cuts is. 12 seconds of the movie. I understand, the butt plucks is one, one minute of the movie. I can't describe them all. There are too many randomness. I agree that they're all short, but they're all random stuff like that. And the idea that they're all but entertaining they're not. and worth... They are, dude. And the same way that Swiss Man was. It's a bunch of random shit that happens with two no. guys farting in the woods. I, so Swiss Man, I, I do agree that that is a movie about two guys farting in the woods. One of them is yeah. a corpse. This movie uh. <laughs> is about a bunch of manic insanity about a, yeah, that somehow adds up to a laundromat. I just didn't... I don't get it. I, uh... Somehow adds up to a laundromat. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you're wrong, and that I'm I mean right. I I'm think you are. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Like the, I, but like you can't just say like, oh, the paper cuts is 15 seconds movie. Yeah, dude, I understand. It's 15 seconds of random shit strewn together. That, that's why I'm using okay, the social that, media feed as the analogy. Yeah, I, I get None it. I get it. I understand what, what you're saying. Connecting it. What's connecting it? What is the larger takeaway? What, it, that, what's the difference all, in watching this movie to scrolling fucking TikTok? Jesus Christ, dude. Relax. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not, man. I'm literally just – I'm trying to get answers. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're just, you're just steamrolling. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to do that. So, I apologize. I yeah. understand that you like the movie. I'm just—I I don't know why that ticked me off the whole what, idea what, like that. what tipped you off? Oh, so the, the paper – like all of that stuff is just how they, they you know – sort of transition between the different identities it's just like a, a it's a goofy gimmick like i will you know if you want to call it that if you want to call it that disparagingly i i guess you can you can shit on that but like i i think it's actually pretty entertaining when you understand what the what the like the narrative drive of it is but the narrative drive isn't there there's no payoff i didn't feel a payoff at the end and it's also not establishing the narrative, narrative drive as it's happening it just seems like it random... is though there's nothing compelling about those I'm, fucking I'm scenes. I'm baffled that you found this just a, a bunch of random shit. 
like, did. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it like quite like I'm not. I'm not like again. I'm just trying to like. This is just my position. I just thought the movie was fucking stupid. I thought like I thought this was as dumb as like I don't know any of the Star Wars sequels or anything else that comes out. It was just like. It was like there was. It felt like it was completely effortless, completely a, a effortless. Are you fucking stuff. crazy, dude? I did not. You're I, gonna dude, call it like, effortless? I I didn't. Un, there's nothing there. They're very good at creating cool images, scene to scene, but there's nothing that's holding it together. It's oh my just, god, it's dude! It's just a dumb action film in a lot of respects. It's just a or dumb fantasy film, I guess. Whatever you want to call it. Okay. Yeah, um. So I th- I think everything everywhere all at once is I. I it's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time, actually. Um, and I like I thought all of the, the the sort of manic energy of it, I think, is what makes it great. And I think it all it's all in service of this great sort of intimate family drama. And I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm so I'm hard, literally baffled that you. Apart. It is. What's it that? really is. It's harder to defend. It's easier to rip apart. I want to be clear on that. I understand. It's much easier to rip something apart than it is to defend it, especially yes. when it moves you. And I get that the movie moves you. I just don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> so again, like, <laughs> I I, so like I saw it again today, and it's weird because like I loved I loved the intro, the setup, you know, that you mentioned. But like I think the movie really takes off in that sort of middle segment that you want to cut out. <laughs> And I'm just, I'm so, I'm literally, I'm so fucking baffled that you like didn't get it and thought it was just manic bullshit. I remember like the reason you saw it is because like, I was like, I I saw it and I texted you and I was like, you gotta see, you gotta see everything everywhere. And like, and you said why? And I said, because it's strange and beautiful and funny and sad all at once. And yeah. And you were like, oh, okay. People feel the way. And I get that I'm in the minority in this. I do. I understand. I felt nothing. I literally, like, honest to God, if we weren't doing the show, I would have just left. Like, it was, it was terrible. I, like, I have, I have no, like, I, w- I went and took, I took a pee at one point in time, and then I came back and it felt like I missed nothing because the same, it was just the same randomness, scene after scene. And the exposition would catch me up on it, which is so, in any other movie, you, again, you it's not sort, random. Okay. In any other film, I just find it hard to believe that you wouldn't think that that was so fucking lazy. Where the movie would be about nothing it's, unless it takes pauses to have the that, the dad tell the wife what's happening. I mean, but like <laughs> this so isn't lazy. any other fi- but like this isn't any other film. Would you call The Matrix a lazy screenplay? <laughs> As I, I haven't seen it in so long. You can't ask. I don't know. I, no, but I, I'm just saying, like, there yeah. there are movies, I think there are movies that exist that, I mean, I, I haven't read the screenplay, but, like, there are movies that exist that have, you know, probably have poor screenplays, but, like, they are so buoyed by their their style and the performances that they make great films like and i guess you're right there is some element of that that's very similar to the matrix and this we're like i, I think this is a half hour explaining to neo what the fucking matrix is so, so like <laughs> yeah, I, I think like uh, the, the i think that uh, like i hate to say this movie is like this meets this but like i think this is sort of like a matrix meets eternal sunshine of the spotless mind where like you have this incredible suspension of disbelief and these weird images and special effects and you know the multiverse element but like it i think it all makes total sense in terms of like what the actual story that they're telling is which is this again intimate family drama that's just on this sort of like massive scale which is probably in this woman's head 
I think it makes as much sense as Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> it just, it's just chaos. Which is a great show. And that's a, and that's a, it is, but that's a 15-minute goddamn show. talk uh, by reading a little bit of uh, uh, some piece of shit article I found in a rag called thecinematictangent.com. Oh, wait, no, this is actually The Guardian, uh, one of the world's most influential newspapers responsible for the snow leaks. <laughs> this is just the kind of stuff that like, I like to point out and make fun of on the show a little bit. I'm going to put this uh, full article in the show notes. The title is Norse Code. Are white supremacists reading too much into the Northmen? A question, Brad, I think you could agree that must be answered. So <laughs> the entire the, the premise of this article uh, and like without trying to misrepresent it, uh, the premise of the article seems to be that, yeah, Eggers was trying to uh, deep, you know, like trying to de-romanticize uh, Viking culture and not have it be associated with the right wing, which I actually think is, is a legitimate um, thing that he does in his movies, uh, which we'll get into. But like <laughs> I just want to read what this entire article's premise is based off of. This is paragraph three. The Northman 10th century society appears to be uniformly white and firmly divided along patriarchal lines. Men do the ruling and killing. Women do the scheming and baby making. Its hero, played by Alexander Skarsgård, is not a million miles from the macho stereotype Eggers complained of, a brawny warrior who settles most disputes with a sword and without a shirt. I agree so far. Skarsgård's love interest, played by Anna Taylor-Joy, the hottest woman alive. I added that. Could be the, <laughs> could be the far right's male dream woman. Fuck! Damn it! <laughs> Beautiful, fair-haired, loyal to her man, and committed to bearing his offspring. That's not why I like her. I just like her body. Even before the film's release, far-right voices were giving their approval on the anonymous message board 4chan. Here's the quote the entire article is based off of. Northman is based. Movie, all-white cast, and shows pure, raw masculinity. Robert Eggers, he is restoring pride in our people with his great films. The Northman is going to be epic. Ellipses, hail Odin. <laughs> so, for those who are not familiar, 4chan is an anonymous, anonymous message board uh, in which people just say random shit and troll. So, the author of this fucking article could have posted this himself because no one would know. There's no logins or registrations on the site. It's a joke to think that that signals a larger cultural trend. And that is the entire premise of this 11 page fucking article. That at one point in time, it talks about how the Lord of the Rings is too white and seems to suggest that Thor made the correct decision in having black people in it, even though it's a Norse-based film, as if Thor is somehow based in actual history and isn't a Marvel comic movie. <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious. Like, there's no way you can believe an adult wrote this. Um, I mean, like, I'm going to post it in the show notes. It's really, really worth a laugh. But this is the kind of stuff that I'm tired of and think is crazy. You have to force identity into this. And the article unironically says that the character in the movie looks like the mean? QAnon shaman from the January 6th riots. I mean, it's just – this is just hilarious. Like, you're really linking Trump and January 6th to the fucking Northmen. Just – it's cartoonish. Like, it's hard to believe an adult came up with this thought. So, <laughs> just wanted to point it out. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so getting, getting into the film itself, one of the reasons I think this article is sort of funny is because – uh, I didn't know what to like really expect with this. I understand that Eggers took a lot of time making this as historically accurate as possible, much like The Witch, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, it's based on a real folk which tale. I, hated. I know. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, which I'm, I'm about to be put in the burner. We know. Um, but uh, so, like, I, I found this. I found it odd that anyone, the idea that anyone can watch this movie and think there's any sort of hero in it or element of good versus evil, it's honestly insane to me because, like, this is one of the most dark and fucking pointless movies in a lot of respects, which I think is part of what it's aiming for. Um, it's hard, It's impossible for me to understand this, like, alien culture he dropped into me that is, like, based on honor. So, like, in one scene or whatever, like, they're raping slaves and pillaging villages, and then in the next scene, like, they're giving good advice to their children um, and, like, being compassionate family people. It's fucking psychotic and the idea that like white people watch this and think like this is an ideal society is like that's nuts too um i i I mean honestly like i just find that to be like a laughable take uh because for me for me like the one thing i found fascinating about this movie which is a very simple hamlet-esque revenge film where the king is there can only be one thing you found fascinating (laughs) the only thing i found fascinating about it is this idea that like there's there's no good guy in this movie there's no one to root for I'm literally like watching this movie and it feels like a train wreck in a lot of respects, an extremely well-made train wreck because everyone in this film is nasty and bad by today's standards. The film felt like a window in time, uh, even though it is somewhat of a fantasy epic. Uh, Honestly, like it's talk about films that make me feel autistic and strange. This is one of them, like this idea that like I could ever live in this period or any of us could understand the logic uh, and the like, the drivings of these people. I, honestly, like, it felt like it had been completely foreign society to me. Like, it just feels like this is, it is. In, like the same past as my species. So, and, and apparently, like a lot of it's like very accurate. So, I don't know. The, the, I thought I find that inherently interesting, and I think that's something you did well in The Witch as well, de-romanticizing these sort of past cultures, white cultures, um, which is what he focuses on, and really presenting them as something that are kind of strange and kind of fucking gross, which is what they, which, which is what the Vikings are in this movie. They're fucking weird and gross. So, yeah, I guess, you know, if you put it into the, in, in sort of that kind of context, that this is sort of like a white supremacist movie, like, yeah, these people are fucking terrible. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you're telling me, you're telling me that yeah. white people are going to watch I don't want to be like these people. Right, exactly. Like, they're pillaging a fucking. They're like the scene four in the movie. The guy who's supposed to be the hero of the film, Eggers, has them like go and pillage a village, and like he's like burning women to death in a building, and like it immediately establishes the idea that like there are no heroes in this movie as it's presented. So like again, the idea that like because the cast is all white, it makes it inherently like a dog whistle to the right wing is insane. Because yeah, there's there's no one in this movie that comes off as charitable or interesting. <laughs> um, okay, now we're getting into the meat of it. There is no <laughs> right. one who comes off as interesting in the movie. All right, all right. <laughs> um, so so you like some, this? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that's true, but I don't like it as I don't like it as much as I don't like it as much as you maybe think I do. I don't want I don't want like I don't want the position to be that I think this is brilliant or that this is like a ten out of ten movie or one of my favorite movies of the year because I don't think that. I think okay. there's a lot of like really kind of silliness in this movie. Uh, a and lot I understand of it. that like I, I laughed at that. some of the silliness, but googling it or whatever. Like there was the one. A lot of these are apparently like based on real Viking rituals, wearing the wolf head and like you know going to like the the court the, like the court witch and stuff like all of these are real things that like apparently i know nothing but like reading this online these are real things that viking cultures did but like it is so like watching the movie kind of has me laughing out loud but if he's going for this historical realism to present how alien and foreign and strange the society is i find all of that to be successful so but when you're watching it yeah. it's hard not to laugh at how silly and stupid like the yeah, scene is I- like the king and his son farting in front of William Defoe. Yeah, know. I mean, you didn't like Swiss Army Man because they farted a lot. Um, 
but then you like it in this. <laughs> <laughs> they only farted like two times in this movie. They oh, farted. oh, well, I mean, that's kind of like the plugs where it's only like a, a, like a major movie. Get out of here. There's not an entire act based on farting. In act. <laughs> in act. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, like, I don't care about how historical accuracy. Like, I, I, the, I, I think a filmmaker's intent should be to make an entertaining film and to make something that I actually want to watch. And I don't know. The Northman... Jesus Christ, if anyone else had made it, it would have been the biggest pile of shit ever. But Robert Eggers is incredibly talented. 100%. He has such a great eye. And this is this is literally the best looking piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't think it's a piece. OK, so I want to go back to your historical accuracy comment, because like this is part of what I take away from the movie. I understand the idea of not caring about historical accuracy in favor of creating a good film. Mm-hmm. I get that. But you don't think it's inherently wrong to want to make a historically accurate movie. Like, you're not saying they need to put token blacks in here, right? No. But okay. I, I don't, I don't yeah. care that this is like a traditional, okay. you know, Viking story, myth, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I don't care that this is like, you know, accurate to what they believed or what their the Norse mythology. Like, I don't give a shit about any of that. I thought it was a boring ass movie. Okay. Um, that's fair. That was but incredibly like, well filmed. Okay. I mean, like all of that is fair. Like, I don't, I mean, like that's really just like a style preference. I guess like, mm-hmm. as long as we're not saying that it's inherently bad that the director would be interested in historical accuracy, you know, like, I, I no. think that, okay, cool. And like, but like, so your, what, your point is if he had done that, and the movie was still like good and entertaining that you would have liked it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. How about this? Like, I just thought it was good and entertaining. <laughs> so um, at the end of the okay. day, I actually, I like, it's a very simple kind of like three acts story in a lot of respects, mm-hmm. which very doesn't simple. have any. Yeah, it is. And like, it's a, it's a folktale you've heard a thousand times, even though this is based on some Viking folktale. It's really just a very simple revenge story. Um, very I, I simple mean, like, revenge story. What I found most interesting about it is, again, that lack of payoff where, like, you know this guy's going to inevitably get his revenge and kill his uncle. But at the end of it, I didn't care because there's no one to really root for. And the idea that this culture would have this as a folktale that kids would, would, would hear and then take some sort of moral lesson from to drive themselves like the hero is fascinating to me inherently. Because I can't possibly relate with the hero at all. And, like, he's honestly, like, a brutish, nasty fucking human being. Who mm-hmm. seems completely self-absorbed and by any by today's standards is just a fucking psychopath, and so I just found that inherently interesting and cool and fascinating. And I understand that like that doesn't necessarily make a good movie, but I am a themes guy <sighs> at the end of the day. For so, me, that was sort of enough <laughs> for me to sit around afterwards and think about the film. And so, honestly, like the visual presentation made it have enough style to keep me engaged. So, so it's weird to me that you think that you you just shit on everything ever all at once. Yes, for not for having, having a payoff, to say. and that you just <laughs> praise this one for having a, n- nothing of a payoff. Okay, it's not a contradiction. Don't even start with no, that. no. Don't, I'm I'm just curious. Like it's not it's not an they're it completely is. two different fucking movies. They're totally but like the, this is this is what makes like discussing movies interesting. Where like. I, you know, you, you say that if if that movie had been directed by somebody else or if it had been done, you know, like if anything had been different about it, it would have been a piece of shit or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. But like it yeah. wasn't. It was it, it was the movie that was made. 
and it made because, sense. Because at the end of the day, the director has a vision for this. And it is to tell this extremely simple story, and he's going to take this very folktale, but he's going to do the same thing he did for me, and I'd like, this is my takeaway from The Witch, where he de-romanticizes this sort of culture and presents how alien and foreign it is. And I really, like, come away from both this and The Witch. I haven't really, I've seen The Lighthouse, but I really don't remember it that well, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, but, like, I come away from both of those films with, like, a sense of alienation about how much society has progressed. And I feel like that is sort of the core crux theme of what Eggers is doing in his movies. That's what I find yeah. most interesting about them. And the fact that they're full of white people is fine because we live in a culture that was predominantly white immigrants anyway, and it seems okay to analyze that kind of past. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that you disagree with. I, I'm you know, saying that I find that no. inherently fine. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is worthless to hear from a white guy, but I, I don't give a shit <laughs> that these movies have white people in them. Uh, I, I will say that uh, I have not liked any of his films. I think The Witch is a piece of shit. I think The Lighthouse is a piece of shit. But you, but you have, <laughs> and but, I think but you have a good faith take on The Witch. Um, like we, you and I have discussed it enough over the years. Where yeah, yeah. I mean, we discussed it on the show, um, and even and The Northman I think is a piece of shit. But like, I, they're incredibly well made pieces of shit. That's it's a director has, of the vision, and I think he's he does. Yeah, like I think he's an incredible director, and I'll see. I, I again, I, I hate the the three movies that he made. I hate them, uh, but I will see the next one. Interesting. And okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I think I he's. Like... Go ahead. God, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm curious about the question of what do you mean by good director? What are we talking about when we say that? Because for me, it's not just someone that produces a good visual image. It's someone that's successful in executing what they want the movie to be. That's why I don't think the Daniels are good directors, but I think that Robert Eggers is. They're I very mean, good at creating a visual image. I don't, you know what I mean? But like, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, they've only made two films. They might be very, I mean, they're very, they have the talent. I just don't, you know what I'm saying? A director is more than someone that's just doing a visual presentation. They're crafting the entire film and presenting the message they want to send. That's why I think Eggers is such a good director. Okay. if you don't well, like what he's doing. I mean, yeah. So if you're going to say that, then I think that you're wrong about the Daniels. Because they they've made one, I think they've made one great film and one terrible film. You got to get off it, dude. We're past that now. Like you know, but like, oh, oh, now we're past it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That, like, now we're past it. No, I'm just saying that you can't possibly fucking say that based on one movie. You didn't even like Swiss Army. Dick. That's my point. Saying, like, that's my point. That that's literally the point. This is that's literally the point. Director, what are you doing, dude? Are Dude, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't no. know to say other than the fact that Edgar's has done three films that seem laser focused and he seems to be producing a very similar result. But right, Daniels, but my... by your own estimate, have one film that makes no sense is stupid and one right. film which is really focused and great. So it's Dude, impossible the, to sort my, of. My point is that I hate all three of Robert Edgar's films. Robert Edgar's has a vision and he has a point of view and he has an incredible eye for imagery and for sustaining a shot like you know the northman has all these like long unbroken shots that are fucking incredible and have this incredible scenery and like his i don't know like his his attention to detail and cinematography is incredible but it's all in service of movies that I don't fucking give a shit about. All, that's completely honest. Good take. Yeah. So like, I just want to apologize there. They're like, there is some sort of audio issue on my end, but Brent, but like basically like I, I want to like, I agree with your take because that's, that's why I like Robert Edgar's, but his movies just work for me at the end of the day. I find them. I found this to be like, 
again, I don't want to go crazy here. I don't know how it became where like I thought this was brilliant and a masterpiece. I don't. Um, I don't think I really liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was very entertaining. And like it, it, I like the way it makes me feel. It made me think after it was over. I mean, it made me the idea like the idea of like how interesting and strange the compare. Like if you compare this movie to like fucking Gladiator, say, right? Like Gladiator presents. What's that? I didn't compare it to 300. Okay. (laughs) You can't. I mean, well, you can to some degree. You can't. Well, I was thinking about it. I did. Okay, well, I'm trying to make a point. You're okay, go a ahead. Dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> so my point is, if you take the way that Hollywood presents, because you can't use 300 as the fucking example because it's not presenting itself as history. I'm saying if you take like a film like Gladiator and you take like a film like like The Northman, they're both presenting these kind of past honor cultures from predominantly white societies. Though Rome is different than, like, I understand they're different. But my point is, is at the end of the day, the human motivations of the character in Gladiator are not reflective of the times. They're contemporary. So the film is only really good in the sense that it's presenting a physical version of the past. What I think Robert Edgers is doing is he's capturing the psychology of the past. He also has that visual element. That's what I find so fascinating. It's almost antithetical to the Hollywood design because like the model that's set up in like Ben-Hur still predominates most historical pieces in the film. I think Edgers is doing something different. I really, really love the way that he, he like he approaches then, his movies. He <clears throat> wants us to get into the minds and the headspace of these characters and understand their psychology of like that's developed from their time periods. And I find that really fucking cool. And I find that yeah. completely different than what Hollywood is doing. I, so, but okay, but completely in agreement yes. with the Hollywood is doing. He ends the movie with two guys <laughs> battling each I, other I like yeah, in I a volcano, like <laughs> naked. And just yelling at each other. Again, that's why I mentioned 300, because that's exactly what I was thinking while I was watching that movie. Okay. And like, and you, that's you, fair. It's that's weird fair. because you, yeah. it, when we discussed everything ever all at once, you mentioned that it's not anything more than a Marvel film. And while I was watching this film, that's exactly what I was thinking, where it's just, it ends with the hero punching the villain in the face. But in this case, they're naked in a volcano and they're just shouting at each other. Like, I literally laughed out loud. It might be the worst ending I've seen in a long time. Uh, I mean, like, I'm not going to defend it. It's silly. Like, you know, and like, I think a 300 analogy is somewhat apt. The one thing I think this movie does incorrectly is all of the praise. I'm sticking by all the praise I'm giving it. I'm not like I'm not backtracking in a moment of it. But the one thing I think that it doesn't completely accomplish to me is intermixing that fantasy element where, like, there are all these sort of scenes where, like, the character is being taken to Valhalla. Mm-hmm. There are all these, like, supernatural kind of elements to it. I yeah. don't entirely think they're able to mold them in with the rest of what I think is really good about the film, which is that kind of window into the past kind of element. It, I don't necessarily think he's done a great job at reconciling both of those. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the at, – at, honestly, the last scene is going for, like, pure action movie style, and it's, oh, it's one of the worst scenes. Awful. It's <laughs> so I, bad. I want to be clear. It's not it, good. Yeah. It, it reminded me of uh, Star Wars Episode Three. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's so like <clears> – <throat> That's what it actually, it actually does. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's literally, I, I thought of that in 300. <laughs> but like Robert yeah, Eggers, one yeah, of the okay. things that I really like about him is that he does that sort of like ethereal, sort of mystical, I don't know, character idea very well. And, and he can even support it with visuals that are very interesting to, to look at. 
uh, even if I hate <laughs> the movies that they're in. But like all three of his movies so far, The Witch, The Lighthouse and The Northman, like all three of them have like, again, he has a very, a very distinct style. Like this is the thing that I like about him. This is the reason that I watch anything that he does is that he has like he has a voice. He has a vision. He has like a very specific style that. I don't know, even if I don't like the movie, like, you know, at the beginning of the show, you were you were asking me, like, you know, I don't have enough time in my life to watch these shitty movies. But like watching Robert Eggers movies like that's like uh, the next the next Robert Eggers movie could be fucking incredible. It could be the best movie ever, you know, like he's that talented. But um, The Northman is one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Get out of here. All right. No, I'm not going to. It's like, terrible. I'm not. I'm not. I like the movie a lot. And like, you know, did I think it was fun? Yeah, I did. You know, but like, I don't want to. I don't want to go crazy here. I don't want to put us in like, like fiercely to kind of positions. Do I think everything in the movie worked? No. But like that element of that, just his incredible ability to like capture for me as like a, a modern person living in 2022. Um, to like be able to under like to be able to view something that's presented as an honest interpretation of the past, and then not be able to understand it is such an incredibly beautiful and interesting thing about how what it means to be human fundamentally changes throughout the ages. And I felt like as much like it was it was like kind of it's a deeply disturbing movie. There was something kind of interesting and hopeful about watching this when I like sat around after thinking about it. We're like we're in this weird flux time period now where like the world is hell but it's so much better than the past it's not impossible to believe in like an almost star trek-esque future if you're taking this from the standard presented in the northmen and i just found that in, in, like incredibly cool to think about and i think that's what his movie so, i think that's one of the things he's driving for with his themes and that's why i think he's a good director because he, he like for yeah. me I, he nailed that he fucking nails that so. that that's such a weird takeaway for me like again like not that these films have anything to do with each other, but like, yeah, putting them in conversation the way that oh, we yeah. have. We're gonna mention like, the Daniel movie again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just like you—you you have this thing where it's like, well, I took away this incredibly specific thing that wasn't necessarily in the movie, um, uh, and I no, and I really liked it. No, but then this no, other I'm movie, sorry. I just totally no. missed the fucking point. <laughs> okay. No, I'm sorry. That's a completely dishonest take because it's, it's absolutely not. what he's trying to do with his movies. That's absolutely the is thematic it? elements of his films. 100 fucking percent. There's no doubt in my mind. I honestly like don't know if you're drunk and you're fucking trolling or whatever the case is, but get out of here, no. bro. Are you starting like, are you fucking serious with that take? That's absolutely what he's trying to present. You literally just okay. said it a minute ago when you talked about his movies. <laughs> like, get out of here. So, like, no, I, I don't, I honestly, there's no contradiction there for me whatsoever. Like, I, I, right. you know, yeah, did I, did I miss the point and everything everywhere? Sure. Like, did I miss, did I not <laughs> understand it? Did I not get it? Yeah, that's fine. But, like, okay. you know, the idea that they're, like, the idea that that's, the idea that, like, you can't then understand any other movie is fucking ridiculous. Are that's, you kidding me? That right was now? not my point at all. <laughs> that's exactly the point you felt like you uh, made. Chad, you don't understand movies at, in any case at all. You've never understood you one in your take, life. You can take a specific meaning away from films and not get a dumb movie about butt plugs. But I'm okay. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, I'm literally poking the bear there. But you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like, you, you don't want Twitter can, uh, comments, do you? <laughs> no <laughs> i'm literally joking but but no i don't think that that's a contradiction like come on come on bro like that's not a good faith take at all okay so, in, in my opinion but all right 
you have anything else to say about this? Uh, no, I just thought it was a stupid movie. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to give you the fire battle, bro. I mean, there's really no, it was, it was an incredibly well filmed, <laughs> like literally incredibly well filmed. Did you laugh out loud piece when of he shit. cut his bicep and he was like, just I la- him down anyway with his ruined bicep. I left. I, I don't remember that. Uh, I remember laughing out loud at your sword is very long. And then uh, I remember laughing out loud when they were naked in the volcano and they just, one of them yelled like, ah! Yeah, that was the scene I'm talking about where they cut his bicep. So he, oh. his bicep was injured. So he like reached for his sword and started screaming to swing for the last moment. I laughed out loud at that too. Oh, yeah. I laughed out loud a lot at the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it, it's, an, it's an incredibly well-made piece of shit. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, anyway... <laughs> Oh, Brad, this is going to be a contentious show. We'll see if it sees the light of day. <laughs> but uh, just behind the scenes, Brad and I don't like each other in real life. So it's easy. Fuck you. <laughs> um, do we want to talk about anything else? I feel bad because we had on our agenda, it's been so long since we recorded, like you and I went and saw X and Ambulance. We would both shit on Michael Bay. Mm-hmm. But like, I just don't know. I just don't know if we have time to talk about them. No. X is out there. I liked the movie. I, I like to Yeah, I, I, you know, ambulance is out there. It's a Michael Bay film, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a solid forty-five minutes too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, easy, easy. Yeah, and the, it's honestly a it's a literally a two and a half hour car chase. But yeah, that's true. the overstimulation in films is like a major problem that I have watching them now. I just don't, I don't like it. Like I don't like all the complete like over content and fast cuts. I, it's just not my thing, I guess. But you love Pirates of the Caribbean. I like no, I like the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't love I don't love it. I don't think that it's like as crazy and manic and it's cutting as ambulance, do you? I don't like like the trilogy. Um, I don't I don't think that's true. Okay. All right, okay. we're done. We're you done. say so. <laughs> <laughs> The this Jerry the Bruckheimer movie the... has a lot of classy cuts. <laughs> it's first off, it's a Gore Verbinski movie. Second... <laughs> it's a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. Fuck off. Gore Verbinski directed it. Gore Verbinski yeah, directed it. I get it. You're but telling Jerry me Bruckheimer... you see, you're not feeling the mouse hunt in that movie. Oh god. All right, now I'm literally just making shit up. All right, we're out of here. <laughs> all right, I'm Chavin Alston. And I'm Bradley Rutter. We are out. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> we'll be back. Goodbye.